1: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
2: Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus... Happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And guys, we got a full schedule today. We got a full schedule. We are back in the swing of things with Bravo, churning out content left and fucking right. I I mean, truly, it's amazing, but (laughs) like this podcast is going to be three hours long because it's like there's so... Much to discuss, and there's also other things that I want to discuss, not just Bravo related, because you guys know I love Mike Kimberly, I can't help it. So we will be talking about this new episode of Keeping Up. Well, I guess it's not Keeping Up with the Kardashians; it's The Kardashians. And I wrote all my thoughts down pretty much on this episode early this morning. I was I wake up bright and early. It's like it's the first thing I want to watch um, on Thursday mornings, and I posted all my thoughts over on theDip.com. So go check that out. It's under the community. Keeping up with the Kardashians, obviously, and use code SPRING S P R I N G for ninety five percent off, guys. That's three dollars. You can get two McChickens for that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know the relevancy. I don't know the. But you guys get it. You guys understand. Okay. So just like a quick little, you know, little chit chat. Um, I had Melissa Gorga on the podcast this week. Amazing. I literally, I was sweating. If you guys have ever been on a podcast. Or you're interested in starting a podcast, let me tell you a little something. This is a PSA. You will sweat so much while you record. It could be 42 degrees in your apartment and you've got under boob sweat. Like, I'm not joking. I don't know what it is, but you are dripping in sweat. <laughs> Oh my god, it's unreal. So, I get done with my podcast with the beautiful, stunning, gorgeous Melissa Gorga. Like literally, she came on with no makeup on, like literally looked like a goddess. I I looked questionable. And I usually don't wear a bra and like I cuz I just don't. I don't like them. But uh, so I didn't have one on when I when she was talking. When she was on the podcast, and like you couldn't tell because I was just in like a navy blue like t-shirt, you know, whatever. I wasn't in my Nini Leaks uniform, which you guys know that I love. I rock a Nini Leaks uniform at least three times a week. Which, if you're unfamiliar or you're new to this podcast, that is a simply a white t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> it's really nothing special, but Nini Leaks dresses it up, you guys. She's got kimonos, she's got cardigans, she's got heels. She got I don't do any of that. It's strictly just white t-shirt. Anywho, so I get done with this podcast with this gorgeous, stunning creature. I'm not joking. I had full on boob sweat through my navy shirt, navy blue shirt. And it just took me back to a time where I, when I started this podcast last year, I was living in a different apartment with no air conditioning. And when I tell you, and I would have to close the windows because every fucking day there was a lawnmower outside and it was like, and i the yards were small and it was like they were mowing the lawn by a blade of grass, like each each individual blade of grass they were trimming with a fucking chainsaw. It was crazy. And so I I would drip sweat the entire time I would record. And so when I moved into this promo, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so much better. It's not. I'm still disgusting. And I don't know why I'm oversharing. You know, it's just who I am. I tend to get myself in these little situations where I rant and rave about something that no one I don't think cares about. But here I am and I can't seem to stop. It's like the train has left the station. She is on the move. I've I've got my Pepsi. This bagel place that I get my bagels at only has Pepsi. And I really was craving a pop. And here I am chugging a fucking blue can of Pepsi. So this weekend's really exciting. One of my best friends is getting married on Saturday. I'm in her wedding. I'm a bridesmaid. I can't wait. I my spanks have been delivered and it's going to be interesting. I'm going to really squeeze this this belly into the <laughs> into those spanks. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys remember, I was on like a little bit of a health journey uh, back in January that lasted about 3 weeks and then I just completely lost my fucking mind. And it's just been spiraling out of control ever since. And I – it is what it is. It is what it is. And I pray to God that these spanks strap me in good because your girl is like a fucking lava lamp over here. Things are moving. They are shifting. They are bouncing. I don't <laughs> – the other day, you guys, this is – this is the lo- – this was probably one of the lowest points of my life. Two – I actually have two low points. This Just this week – just this week, you guys, and it's Thursday. It's Thursday. I, I ordered chili cheese fries with double cheese at 11 o'clock at night the other night and I ate them and they were delicious. So that happened. I also chipped my tooth. I had to take a lift to go to the dentist to get my tooth fixed because I can't have a chipped tooth during the sweating. And also it was just really irritating. It was kind of sharp and like, you know, it's like a jagged edge. Then it was one of those moments like where, while it was happening, I literally had an out of body experience and I was like, oh, I'm doing this right now. Like, this doesn't feel good. Well, it felt great, but at the, but then I was like really reflecting and I was like, oof. Because, like, if you guys are on TikTok, which most of you guys probably are, if I mean, I don't make TikToks, I don't understand how that works, but I'm on it all the time. And like, there are just these girls that live these like aesthetically beautiful lives. Like, they, are so aesthetically pleasing. And I know people that really live like this. Like, this is real. These, I mean, yes, I think that a lot of people do it for Instagram or TikTok or social media. But like, I know girls that are, like, they're real aesthetic girls. My friend Paige is the cleanest bitch I know. She's like, she is that bitch. And I'm not, I am not. I fully am leaning into the fact that I'm a type B personality. And oh, I don't know why I'm getting on this tangent. It just, guys, just just sit, just come along with me, okay? I've really just, I've been home alone <laughs> all week. I have not had human interaction except with my dentist, who I obviously can't talk to because her hands were in my fucking mouth. So I've been dying, okay? Just let me have this moment. Anyways, so I've just realized probably within the last six months to a year that I'm not type A. And that is probably statement where you're like, yeah, no fucking shit, Sam. Like no one thought you were, but I did. My entire life I did. I was like, oh my God, I am so type A. I'm so high strung. Guys, I got to tell you, I'm a fucking clown. I look around my apartment sometimes and I'm like, what is going on here? And here's the thing. I'm not dirty, but I'm messy and I can live like that. Truly, I can live like that. I do have a breaking point, don't get me wrong, where I'm like, okay, like, we got to go. Like, things have got to change around here. But for the most part, I'm like, whatever. Like, it's fine. So the moment that really made me realize that I'm not one of those TikTok aesthetic girls with, like, the beautiful candles and the clean white sheets with the crisp linens, like, (laughs) God, I fucking wish. I was eating a plate of salami. Colby... Cheese, like from literally Aldi, off-brand Ritz crackers, watching the staircase with no pants on, not even underwear. I was fully Winnie the Pooh eating these cheese and crackers, like not even like good cheese or crackers, like not even like this. Wasn't a charcuterie. This was this was a lunchable, essentially. And I just had this moment where I was like, wow. I am so not that girl. Like, I am sitting here, Winnie the Pooh in it, just watching this documentary. I was happy. Here's the thing though I was happy, but I also was like, Jesus Christ, like, we've got to get it together. I had like my gut hanging out. I was just eating the salami and my cheese, I'm just like such a goddamn clown. And like, it's just so funny because you're probably wondering, Sam, what was the moment that made you realize that you're not a type A person? Like, that you're not that girl. And it was when I was dating this guy last year. If you guys re- remember the guy that broke up with me using a legal pad, um, <laughs> that anniversary is coming up. I'm in a really giggly mood. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just laughing at myself. Okay. So he was so type A. Like, he was so organized, so clean. Like, set, like he was crazy. And it was when I was dating him, I was like, I'm nothing like this. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was like, this is nuts. Because we spent so much time together. And so it really made me realize, like, I am a fucking mess. Like, oh, it was crazy. So ever since then, and I, you know, I shared this revelation with several close friends and my mother recently, and they all looked at me and they said, are you fucking kidding me? They're like, Sam, like, no fucking shit. This is like when I realized that I was emotionally unavailable. Everyone in my life was like, yeah, Mm, I'm glad you've met yourself. I'm glad that we're having this, this come to Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking around my apartment right now. I ugh, I don't know. I, and, like, I want to be one of those girls, you guys. I want to be. I want to be those girls. I want to be the home edit girls. I do. I love that because, like, when I'm, like, in the fucking zone, I will organize and then I'll sit down and I'll start watching Real Housewives of New York City season seven and all of a sudden I'm on season nine. And because you know what it is, it's, like, when you're cleaning And it gets messier before it gets cleaner. And then I'm just like, fuck it. (laughs) Anyways, you guys, this is not what you came to this podcast for. I am so sorry. I just really had to share these revelations with you. Um, Maybe you'll relate. Maybe you won't. Maybe Maybe you've turned this off. I don't know. But okay, let's just get into what you really came here for, not for me. I just want to talk about the latest episode of Keeping Up With – oh, God, I keep fucking saying that. It's The Kardashians. It's not Keeping Up With The Kardashians. It's The Kardashians. Okay. So the new episode came out and I cried. I cried a lot. I cried a lot this episode. I, it takes kind of a lot for me to like actually shed tears. Like there are moments in reality television or movies or whatever where I tear up and you know, where I'm like, wow, That's emotional. But I never, I never, a tear never actually falls. Okay. So in this episode, I mean, Kim really is showcasing her valiant efforts. At prison reform. And I just have to applaud Kimberly because she's using her platform, which I think is amazing. And everyone's always gonna have something to fucking say and be like, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And it's like, okay, well, what the fuck are you doing, Susie? You know, I'm over here pantsless eating salami and Colby Jack cheese watching the staircase. Like, what am I doing? Nothing. But again, I don't have like billions of dollars and like endless resources. (laughs) Anyways. So it was really heartwarming watching Kim – and I mean heartbreaking, actually – watching Kim have the final conversation with Brandon Bernard, who was executed um, in December. And they had tried and tried and tried to get the governor to stop this, grant clemency, and he called Kim as his last phone call. And it was just this really – sad moment and she's so devastated and she you know but uh it just was so heartbreaking and then then you see her talk about Julius Jones and the efforts that she took to grant him clemency which actually ended up going through which was really powerful and really great and I just you know and then then you're wondering like oh my god did she pass the baby bar did she pass the bar did she pass the bar bar?" well, then we find out that she did. She finds out that she, Kimberly Kardashian, Kimberly Noel Kardashian, found out that she passed the bar in a Red Lobster parking lot. And I love that about her. I love that for my Kimmy. She was with her assistant and the, her assistant's daughter, Tracy. You guys probably know who Tracy is if you follow the Kardashian. She's literally everywhere. She like, helps Kim a lot with like brand deals, et cetera. And North had just won a basketball game. So they treated North to Red Lobster. And then she found out she passed. And I was like, that was just so exciting. She was so emotional. And like, I think, you know, a lot of it goes back to her dad and like that relationship. And that was just really moving. Um, So I'm super happy for Kimberly. I mean, she got me crying at like seven in the morning because it was just powerful. And I just hope that she can continue to do the work that she wants to do. And she said, you know, she wants to open up a firm and like help people and do all that. And I'm just like, amazing. So, sharp left turn. Let's talk about Tristan and Chloe. I am obsessed with watching this because you know what's coming. Like, you know. What is coming for him and her, and you're watching them like work out. He's telling her that he got a guy kicked out of a basketball game, like a heckler, because he was talking shit about Chloe, kicked him out. And he was like, Yeah, like I'm never gonna leave. You're never gonna leave, like blah, blah, blah. And then you are just sitting there and you're watching it, and you know that there's another woman out there who's pregnant with his child at this exact moment. And you're just like, oh my God, it's coming. It's coming. In a couple episodes, it is fucking coming. The producer said that they were filming and they got it all on camera when everyone found out. And I'm just like, give me that episode and inject it into my fucking veins. I need it. I need it terribly. And then you see like Kim. So the way that they're describing the way that this show is filmed is like a docu-series. So when Kanye comes to take the kids to school in a fire truck... Very Kanye of him. Chloe is like, yeah, you can talk to the camera. Like, you can do whatever you want. This is a docu-series. You don't have to, like, like, we're breaking fourth walls here. Like, this is how things are going. And I kind of hope that that's the turn that Housewives starts to take. I don't know if they necessarily will do that. And they might just save that for, like, special spinoffs, like Ultimate Girls Trip. But I think that that would make things, like, really interesting. Anyways, Kim is just, like, pretty much, I think, over Kanye. Like, the way that she's interacting with him like you can tell that she's got a wall up and i just feel like kim has done i think a really really good job at protecting kanye and he doesn't seem to really have the same respect for her and like she said in last week's episode like he can go and talk about her in a song and it's considered art but she can't talk about their relationship on a reality show because then that's like this horrible thing and that is interesting to me I guys okay we got we have to talk about courtney and travis because i'm disgusted I am sick over this. Here's the thing I love Courtney. I've always been a Courtney girl. I was always a Kim girl, but then I really like Courtney. I like them. Guys, I like them all, but Kylie. Even Kendall, I kind of rock with sometimes. Kylie's annoying. Anyways, so I love watching Courtney and Travis on Instagram because it's silent. I don't have to hear their voices. I don't have to hear how they speak to one another. I don't have to hear Travis whisper into Courtney's, you know, fucking temple. He's like, baby, we just need one follicle. We just need one follicle. I'm like, I'm going to throw myself out the window. They just make me sick and I hate the way that they speak to each other. It's like they talk like babies and that really freaks me out when people do that. Like even close friends that that talk to their significant other like they're a child. I hate it. I also think it's weird that Courtney was at the doctor's office in like four inch platform boots, like leather (laughs) boots. In the stirrups, just checking on her follicles, just checking on her eggs. I'm like, you couldn't have taken those off. It looked crazy. They're just kind of weird to watch. Like, I, I guess it's just they aren't what I expected, and it's um kind of like the the, for the first time you ever hear David Beckham's voice, you're just like, that's what he sounds like. Oh, like that's not what I thought he would sound like, and it kind of makes him less hot if I'm being honest that's how I feel about Travis and Courtney. Like I really like them on Instagram and like kissing and, you know, dry humping and doing all that stuff. But to watch it with like sound is it's kind of (laughs) jarring. Gotta be honest. And I have to say that it's kind of funny to me how for years Courtney has been begging her family to put boundaries up with Scott. For years, she's been asking. She's like, please stop doing this. Like, I get that we're co-parenting, but like, please stop inviting him to every single thing that we do. Like, he really hurt me, et cetera, et cetera. And they just haven't listened to her. And now that Scott's starting to take this out on them, now they're like, Courtney, you have to talk to him. You have to talk to him, Courtney. She's like, what the fuck? Like, I've been trying to build these walls for a decade now and you all made it impossible. So I need them to kind of cut that shit out immediately because it's annoying. (sighs) Okay, enough of the Kardashians. I'm sorry. I know everybody hates this. I will put timestamps in this description so you can know when to like fast forward because people really hate the Kardashians. I don't know why. I do know why, but it's whatever. I love them. Okay, so let's take a quick break and then I'll come back with Real Housewives of New Jersey and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, yes, and I will be touching on the summer house reunion finale.
2: Here's to the great American settlers the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say start a podcast with spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss hey i'm no settler i'm an explorer spreaker.com s-p-r-e-a-k-e-r hustle on over today the best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps it's right down the street in your very own neighborhood with Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S.com.
1: Okay, you guys, we are back, and I'm going to talk about the Summer House reunion. I won't—I gotta be honest. I don't understand what everyone's fucking problem is, and I need to get to the bottom of it immediately, because it made it hard to watch, because I was like, why are we so angry? Why does everyone hate Lindsay this much? Like, what did she do to them? I need to know. Amanda said that Lindsay tainted Carl on a hot mic moment. What is that about? I need to know. It's, I'm just, I don't get it. I don't understand. And that is, it was killing me because the whole time I'm just like, why is everyone this mad? Why is everyone this angry at Lindsay? Why is everyone this angry at Carl? And what really got me upset was the fact that Carl, sweet baby, Hottie Radke, apologized to Paige. And the fact that she didn't look at him and say, I'm sorry too. She just was like, thanks for that. I'm just like, what is your fucking problem? Like, what is your problem with him and her? I, I just don't under, I just, I can't seem to like figure it out. I've done all the digging and the sleuthing and the and the this and the that. I just can't figure it out. Because that, bug, that bugged me. Like she literally looked at him and was like, what have you done all summer? And he's like, uh, I got sober. Are you fucking kidding me? And then somehow he is apologizing. I'm like, how does this happen? And granted, he could have apologized because he, pro- he might have felt that he was raising his voice at her because like she said, Carl's been yelling at me all day. And Andy was like, what? No, he hasn't. But for her to just not even say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry too if I got like snappy with you or something. It was like, yeah, Carl, you should apologize. It was like that kind of attitude. And I don't like that. I also just felt that there was like no resolution with anything. Like, I guess there was a little bit of resolution, I think, between Danielle and Sierra. It just felt like they both just said their piece and just left it at that. There wasn't any like real solution being had. I just wish that – I think it was a really big missed opportunity for Bravo not to have Austin there or have Austin even write in to be like, this is my opinion on what happened. Like, nothing. So then it kind of just makes it this argument between the women about this guy. And I'm just like, I don't like that. You know? Like, ugh, especially over Austin. I mean, I just don't know really what else to say about it that hasn't already been said a million times. Like – I'm just a little concerned as where we go from here, like the future of Summer House. Like where does it go? Because in my opinion, I watched Summer – I've been watching Summer House in season one like back in the day and it was – there was drama but it wasn't heavy. It was just like who's finger banging who, you know, who's getting drunk and throwing themselves in the pool and like, yeah, you had the little cheating thing with uh, Amanda and Kyle but – it wasn't heavy. Like you were like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And like you moved on and like then the next summer would come and like you would watch it again. It it just wasn't like very Vanderpumpian because Vanderpump was like really dark for a while. And then I think that there comes a point on these shows where they start to either get too dark and then ultimately it turns out that – like then they then they stop. They stop sharing their lives in an authentic way. And it becomes like very manufactured. And I feel this way about Vanderpump Rules. I feel like after the season where Jax got caught cheating, Tom was cheating, Stassi was in the back in the mix, like uh, Sheena and Shay were dealing with their stuff. Like it was after that season where a lot of really heavy shit happened that I feel like they all kind of agreed, okay, we're not gonna share that much of our life anymore because it was too much. And I get that. I do. But it's like, okay, then we need to just put the show out to pasture. And I feel that way with Southern Charm, too. Like, it was so dark and so real for so long. And then it became like, I mean, the last couple seasons have been kind of weird. Like, I liked the last season, I guess, because I like Madison kind of like, you know, coming for the men. I thought that that was fun. A little heavy, a little, a little heavy. Um, at times, um, especially with the Catherine stuff always, but like I watched the, I watched the trailer for the, for the new season of Southern Charm and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like none of that looked interesting to me. None of it. Like, I, I guess I just don't care about them anymore. And that bums me out. I'm glad that Madison is like living in a $1.5 million house with her hot, sexy fiance and her beautiful child. And she's just living her boss-ass bitch life. I'm like, you are fucking winning, girl. Like you are winning at this at this thing called life. Because she's not even full-time on the show. She's like putting herself first. She's putting her happiness first over the show, which I think a lot of people don't do because, <laughs> Craig, um, because they are just fame horse. And Madison's like, I'm going to be a businesswoman. I'm going to be a bossess bitch. And that's what she's doing. And I applaud her for that. But everybody else, like, I don't care. I don't care about Shep and his girlfriend at all. I don't care. I don't care about Austin or Craig fighting allegedly. Like, I just, I watched the trailer and I'm like, this is it? Why can't we just be done with these shows? Like, I feel like they try to run them for so long. Not everything is a housewives show. Like, we're... you know, New Jersey's been on for 14 years, 15 years. Not every show is going to be like that. And that's okay. I do think, you know, shows should get more than one season to maybe find their footing. On more than one occasion, Gallery Girls, we all remember, you know. But these other shows like Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, Southern Char- like just let them, let them go. Let them be free. Let us be free of them. So, yeah, I mean, just the trailer, I just felt really nothing, and then it made me worry for Summer House because I'm like, now the house is, like, so divided. The drama feels darker than usual. There's more things going on with the cast. Like, are we going to be done with this? Is it going to be a show that just runs on for a little too long like Vanderpump Rules did? Like, because at this point with Vanderpump Rules, like, I don't care about it anymore. Like, of course, I'll watch it because I'm just a slut for Bravo, but... I'm just like, oh, God, like I can't do it. (laughs) Like I want new shows. And that's why when Bravo put out all of the new shows that we're getting in the next like year, it got me like so excited because I'm like, okay, like I'm ready for new people. I'm ready for new adventures. Like the Leatherland looks amazing. That will be following, you know, it's kind of like a Vanderpump Rules, but at Leva's restaurant that looks exciting. The Below Deck Adventure looks great. You know, of course, we haven't gotten like previews or anything for these shows, but I'm just ready for like some new life to be breathed into the network. I'm just – they got to be careful over in Summer House. Like they've got to figure shit out. The casting has to be better like on these shows. like I just – that's just how I feel. Okay? So moving on, let's talk about New Jersey, the final three-part reunion. We are done with Jersey. I'm always sad when Jersey goes, but at the same time, this season, like, you know, like, I'm ready for them to start filming again and starting new shit. Like, I'm ready. We start off the reunion, you know, they're talking about Jen and Bill and Jen saying, like, this was like a three, three two-month, three-month-long affair while she was pregnant. And... Then she, like, followed him to Miami and he was, like, so turned on that she was there. And I'm, like, that's really weird. (laughs) Like, this is weird. This is weird. And this is where I wish Jennifer would be more likable for me is if she was, like, more honest about her life. Like, if – like, how Marge is saying, like, for so long you – said that you have this perfect life, perfect life, perfect life. And it's like you had these skeletons. And even Andy was like, yeah, don't come on these shows if you have that shit, if you're not ready to talk about it because it's going to come out. And Melissa made a good point too where she was like, did you like want this to come out because it like would punish him a little bit? Because I think for so long Jennifer was the one being punished because I think like she said in her culture, like her parents, his parents all kind of looked at her like, well, what were you doing that, you know, caused this to happen? Because he clearly wasn't happy or something, and I and I feel like that isn't right. Obviously, but I think that maybe she came on the show because she knew it was going to come out and it would punch him a little bit. Did she want it to come out? Probably in the way that it did. Probably not. No. So the men come out. The men come out and they join the women. And I know that people are sick of the house husbands. I'm not. I think that they're a hoot and a half. I love them. They make me laugh. They're You know, sure Joe Gorga says some misogynistic shit. I'm used to it at this point. I'm not married to him. I'm purely just there to watch. And I don't think he like fully means it. Like, I don't think he understands like some of what he says. Like when he said, like, men are more sane than women. I'm like, babe, honey. You're literally looking at a man that went to the desert in gym shorts to like profess his love for his ex-girlfriend. Like, are we sane? I don't know. So I like when they come out and then Frank. Guys, Frank Catania, I love him. I love that, that himbo. (laughs) Like, he's so, he's just a Frank. Like, he's just a Frank. And he has these baby blues, you know, and he just loves his Dolores. And he hates Dolores' new boyfriend, Polly. Said he looked like Buzz Lightyear. And Dolores looked at him like she was going to fucking kill him. She was like, shut up. Like, she was like, how dare you say that? And um, there have some, been some photos of Polly on the internet. I'm just going to say this. Dolores is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And this Polly guy is just not it. I will post the photos on my Instagram. When you listen to this podcast, you can have a reference point. Listen, I know that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I understand. But uh, I'm just not getting good vibes. And I want good vibes for her. I want a man that's like loving her and kissing her and holding her and loves Frank and like they can all hang out together. Like I want all of that. And I feel like I don't want this Pauly. Poly. I don't want him to create a rift. I don't want a rift, you know? Do I think Frank Catania needs to be living with David and his new girlfriend who also dated Louis? No, I don't. I don't think that they need to watch, you know, Sleepless in Seattle together in their jammies drinking apple martinis. I don't think that that's what needs to happen. I don't think we need to be that close. But like, I just don't like this Polly guy. And I love Dolores. You guys know I write hard for my Tolo, And she belongs with like a fucking God, okay? She belongs with like Brad Pitt. She belongs with, like, a George Clooney. She belongs with, like, who's a hottie? I don't know. any. Think of the any hotties and that's who she belongs with, not this holy. I just don't like him. I just don't like him. I'm just not getting good energy and I don't know why. And I have been told that I have witch-like intuition, everybody remember. I was told that by multiple empaths and psychics. So take that for what you will. And I, so then Louie, 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 Louie. He really said all the right things at the reunion. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. I'm taking it for what it is. He really made Teresa look horrible, in my opinion. (laughs) He was like, she wouldn't let me speak. So I wasn't able to like answer any questions. I wasn't able to talk about anything because she wouldn't let me talk. And I mean, he kind of was throwing her under the bus, but the man does seem to be very emotionally like intelligent. You know, and Andy was even like, yeah, like, how did you get like this? He was like, it's a lot of work. Like, it's a lot of work to work on yourself and be emotionally intelligent. And I mean, I'm glad that Andy kind of brought up like, well, you're with her. You know, you're with Patrick Starr of Jersey. So it just, it's kind of funny that they're like in that they have what do they have in common because it seems to me like he's so emotionally intelligent and like he's done all of that work on himself and then there's Teresa who's just like Marge this is your fault and Louie is literally sitting behind her and going Marge I'm not mad I understand what why you asked what you did I wish I could have answered you in the moment." Because then we find out he lost his job. And then we find out on Watch What Happens Live, he still hasn't found a job. So that's concerning because he might be moving with David <laughs> David and Frank. I, I'm, obviously, he's not going to. But it's just like, what's going on there? Like, I don't want him taking, you know, Teresa's money. It's just a big ball of concern. It's a big ball of concern over in the GGJ. Uh, What's his last name? Louis Residence. I, don't, I can't remember his last name right now. Speaking of Louis um, and his last name, which leads me to his sister, uh, she looks exactly like Kelly Ben Simone, and I can't stop thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for three days, four days now, and it's really shocking. And I hope that she gets on the show because I would like to see that dynamic. I would like to see like a Melissa, Louis sister, Teresa, like lunch. See how that goes. Because I believe she's also a doctor. I creeped her her Instagram. She is private, but she does say that she's a doctor. A doctor of what? I don't know. Also, I'm just kind of like this whole Jennifer, Evan, Frank situation. Like, why are we doing this again? And again, people on the internet are like, why is everyone never letting Jennifer talk? Why is everyone so annoyed when Jennifer talks? And I'm going to tell you guys this again for the thousandth time. And this is not coming from like a biased place of like, I hate Jennifer because I don't. I think she's essential to the show. I enjoy what I see of her with her family and everything like that. I do think she's wrong sometimes. I do think she has a good heart. She just is kind of a loose cannon emotionally, which aren't we all. And I have to tell you guys, I cannot stress enough how much this woman actually talks. It, she goes on and on and on and on. And that's why they were constantly like, okay, Jennifer, like you got to wrap it up. Land the plane. Like this is getting out of control because she just doesn't stop and it makes it hard to like respond. And like Melissa said on the podcast on Wednesday's episode, she was like, it's like a defense thing. Like it's to cause confusion and like get get you so you just don't even know how to re- like respond because there's so much being said. And I saw her at the BravoCon panel, I will say this, for the thousandth time and it was genuinely shocking how much this woman spoke. Answered questions that were not directed at her uh, constantly. It was really – it was actually annoying to, like, sit there because you're just like, oh, my God. Like, shut up. Like, I didn't come here to watch Jennifer. I came here to watch Teresa. I came here to watch Dolores. You know? What the fuck? So it was annoying. But then I sat up in my fucking seat when Dolores <laughs> called Jennifer a fucking cunt. I – Guys, I sat up straight. I was paying attention. I was like, "Oh." Everyone was shocked. Like everyone was like, "Andy, Andy?" I could tell was like finding it funny cuz like Dolores was just over it. Dolores was over it. I think I think next season we're going to see some rift between Teresa and Dolores if we're being completely honest. I think Dolores will always have love for Teresa, but at the end of the day, like Teresa's not a very good friend and Dolores is probably sick of it probably fucking sick of it. I'm sick of it. Okay. So that's pretty much all I have to be said on Jersey. I mean, it is the third part reunion. I feel like we've kind of, you know, said all we can say. I said this last week. I was like, how much more, how much more can I talk about, you know, what I see? I'm running. I don't even know because we've talked about everything. So, okay. Let's talk about Beverly Hills. All right, you guys, let's get into Beverly Hills. I have lots of thoughts this season. I mean, we're only on episode two. It's not disappointing. These women fucking deliver. I got to say, they drive me nuts. I hate half of them, but I can't stop. I, I They they give it to us so good every year. Even, I mean, well, not some years. We were down bad for quite some. <laughs> we were down bad for a minute. But I just have to point out the hypocrisy that has Lisa Rinna. I don't understand how she doesn't understand how this all looks. Like, it really does confuse me, actually. She says, and I quote about Sutton to Erica in Erica's Casita, don't come at me on national TV with your bullshit. Ma'am, you go on national television every fucking season and come at women with your bullshit constantly. I, it's shocking, actually. Like, if you think about it, I'm just like, look what you did to Denise. Look what you did to LVP. Look what you did to Kim. Look what you did to Yolanda. Like, are you fucking out of your mind? Which brings me to my next point. She's like, son's missing an empathy chip or something. She might have not said empathy chip. She said empathy meter. Excuse me, empathy meter. And I'm just like, and you have an empathy meter? You were questioning a woman's disease. You were questioning a woman's disease and saying that she was manipulating everybody. Even Eileen Davidson, I will never forget her and Eileen were sitting on the beach and Lisa Rinna was saying this about Yolanda and Eileen was like, what are you saying? Like, this is not correct. Like, you actually sound nuts. And then with the Kim stuff, it's like, you were going around town saying this woman was close to death. Yeah. Where's your empathy meter? I would love to see it. It's kind of like in New York in Real Housewives of New York when they, when they were like, "Where's the social register?" And Joel was like, "Where is it? Show it to me." One of the, one of my favorite moments. Um, I'll post that actually that clip later because it's so funny to me. But I just I don't understand how Lisa Rinna is like this backwards because she does all these things and then calls it classless and tasteless for you know, Sutton to bring the receipts to the table. It's like, what is she fucking supposed to do? You're going around town saying that she's wrong. And Sutton's not wrong. Sutton brought the receipts. And I'm thrilled that Garcelle was sitting there and it's like, Sutton, show them. Like if you brought them, show them. Because I I think with the thing most people, including myself, were getting really, really sick and tired of was how these women would pick one woman and gang up on them, but that woman had no one else that was it. Now there's Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal who are all very strong women. They're all very, you know, outspoken. They're powerful in different ways. They have their own strengths and they bring something to the table. So they're not going to let these other women try to like poke holes into their stories, make them look bad and make them look classless and really try to spin it. It's really fucking nuts to me. It actually is. And Rina is not helping herself by going on Instagram, posting on Instagram stories, commenting left and fucking right. It's like, go outside, touch some grass, stop it. Like, it's, it's a little annoying because it's like, can we save stuff for the show? Like, it's really not that serious. You guys are talking about a fucking charity event. Like, stop, stop. And it made me question, like, well, why did she bring Diana on the show? Is it because Diana knows about this charity, you know, because this was something that happened before they were filming that Sutton said this about, you know, Rinna and the charity? What am I even talking about? I just keep saying charity over and over again because that's how dumb this is. Like This is really dumb and it's kind of ironic to be sitting at a table with a woman who's allegedly, you know, defrauding widows and orphans and you're talking about a charity table. Like, what's going on? So, Harry... Hamlin. I almost called him Harry Dubin. Harry Hamlin. I just got Harry Dubin on the brain. Um, Harry Hamlin is 70 years old. And that's really shocking. It's kind of like when I found out that Ellen was 60. There are certain people that you've just felt like have been around for so long, but they're ageless. Like you just kind of never feel like they're any age. You don't feel like they're old or young. They're just there. Like in your mind, just stuck. So, That was really shocking. And then Teresa Judice just turned 50 this week. And I'm like, what? And I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, you're old when you're 50 or you're old when you're 70. I think you're old when you start acting old and you start – that's pretty much it. I think you're old when you start acting old. But to feel like – to see that Teresa is 50 years old is so crazy to me because I'm just like, wow, I've been watching her since I was in high school and she's 50. And then it makes you think like, oh, my God, I'm old, older now, you know, like you're just like, whoa, like it just is weird. So to to realize Harry Hamlin is 70 is really something crazy. And so they have this birthday for him. I do think Lisa Rinna looks really good in the yellow jumpsuit. I do sometimes like the way Rinna dresses. I know. I don't like the glasses all the time. She's really got to stop. She's got to cut it out. I can't take it. It's just funny to me how Rinna seems to get so angry About things that just aren't that big of a deal, but then comes at people with these huge allegations and these huge, like, assumptions about them and like questions their illnesses and their sobriety and their this and their that and their sex lives. Those are huge things. Talking about someone sitting at a charity table is really not that big of a deal. And I really think Sutton held her own in that moment. And I really lived for when Sutton told Erica, like, I don't like you. I'm not trying to be your friend anymore. Like, you're a joke. Because Sutton's got, like, fuck you money. Like, Sutton doesn't give a fuck about Erica Jane. Because Sutton in her mind is like, what will happen to her will happen to her. She'll get, you know, like, it will happen. In due time, things will come out. Things will surface. And Erica really tried to have a moment where she was like, slander slender, slender. And no one was like even paying attention. I'm like, Erica, you are so fucking embarrassing, girl. And she was so gross on Watch What Happens Live. She did make a comment about Dennis, Bethany is Dennis, rest in peace, that I just thought was like classless and disgusting. That to me, Lorina, is classless. And so Jamie Stein, he's an empath. He's been on the podcast before. He – had made a really interesting observation, and I will pull it up right now, about Dorit. So I think that this sums up, or at least to me, it feels like, wow, like that really opened my eyes to this situation, this robbery. He says... I think she tends to be disconnected from reality in general. So when something like this happens that wrenches her into the most harrowing reality, I think she genuinely has no idea how to deal with it or react. And it goes against the entire way she lives her life, meaning like she's disconnected from reality. So when the robbery happened, she's truly just like completely compartmentalizes. And that's what PK was saying. He's like, I've never met anyone that compartmentalizes like this before. And I think that that really helped me understand it because I, I was a little confused. I will say, like, I thought it was weird to leave the house and go to dinner and eat, you know, Caesar salad with Mauricio. Like, I was just like, what? Like, but I mean, if she's used to just not living in a real reality, I mean... Then yeah, that kind of makes sense. So I really appreciate that insight. You guys should go follow him, Jamie Stein, on Instagram. He is a genius and has really helped me. I've I've done a reading with him before and it was shocking, um, but needed at the same time. Yeah. So overall, I'm just excited to see like what this year with Beverly Hills is really gonna give us the preview for next week. I'm excited to see Crystal get in the mix. Like, you know, them cu- trying to comfort Crystal, like uh, that will be interesting to me. I I want it all. I want it all. And I'm really loving this season. I think it's funny at moments. Oh, the moment with um, Kyle and Sutton really was making me laugh because Kyle always feels in these moments where she's like performing, you know, where she's like, "You, I feel like you didn't give a shit. And it was really trying to perform and Sutton's like, we're not doing this. You're not going to get this out of me. Like, you were not And it might make Sutton look bad in the moment, but I don't think she's not going to allow Kyle to kind of come at her and try to poke at her and really get to her because she's like, this is exactly what you want. And Sutton's like, I'm not doing that. And I enjoy that. It kind of made me laugh because it was like watching this clown, Kyle, perform, you know, in front of a wall. And you're just like, what's going on? It That's what it felt like to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you check out thedip.com. That's D I P P.com. And use code SPRING, S P R I N G, for 95% off. And I will talk to you guys over on Instagram. I hope everybody has a beautiful weekend. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.